Hey, everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast, part of the Rocked On Podcast Network. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to revisit three spots I recently spoke about because the Lions have made moves with a couple of them at late in free agency, and one I've got a little bit more intuition on now that I've processed it a little bit more. We're talking about quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end again, and there's some key things happening right here. So let's start with quarterback right away, looking at the backup position, of course. I briefly mentioned in the first recap a little while back that we really need a backup quarterback and preferably better than what we've had since maybe Matt Castle in 2018 or even Sean Hill going all the way back to 2013. Those are really the last capable backups we've had. Honestly, in my opinion, Sean Hill's the last real capable backup quarterback the Lions have had on their roster. And that was 10 years ago. So we really need a backup quarterback, especially with this great roster that we're building. We know we're going to have one. We actually have one. But we wanted one that's more than serviceable. And we know this has been a problem for a while with the Detroit Lions, is having somebody that we think could step in and maybe lead us to a victory versus thinking, okay, the ship is sunk when they come into the game. It's been a problem for a long time with Matthew Stafford. It's been that way the last two years with Jared Goff. And again, The first two years, the Lions were building. It wasn't the most important thing. But now, especially what we've seen them do in free agency, we know it's an important thing. General Manager Brad Holmes even came out and admitted that they did not do enough last year to address the situation. And that's what makes this next part potentially the most confusing right now. Because the Lions went out and they signed one. Well, more accurately, they re-signed one in Nate Sudfeld. Now, Nate Sudfeld was the Detroit Lions' primary backup quarterback last season. And there were other options out there. A number had dwindled, you know, but there were still some out there like Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, right? Those are just a handful of names out there. Uh, Lots of pluses and minuses with everybody. Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan might have been towards the top of the list as far as talent goes. But the Lions didn't go this route. Now, maybe all those players that I mentioned are not culture fits, or or maybe there's something else to it. Maybe maybe it was a salary cap thing. But we all know the Lions have a lot of salary cap space in some of their recent moves. So why have the Lions done this? Is it because they don't want to overpay for this position? There's a lot of questions about this. Some are wondering if Nate Sudfeld is going to be on the roster when the season even starts. I guess what surprised me the most was based on what general manager Brad Holmes had said recently. And I would also think that the Lions are going to put somebody with more upside, or at least more importantly, more game experience in that role. Someone who has shown flashes of excitement here and there. I mean, having Josh Dobbs on our roster last year was somebody who would fit that role to a degree. He actually started a game or two last year once he was plucked off of our practice squad. So we have Nate Sudfeld. He's back, at least for now. Nate Sudfeld was a six-round pick back in 2016. Nothing wrong with being a six-round pick. Look at Brock Purdy, right? But this was back in 2016. And he's had very little experience since then. He has thrown 37 passes since being drafted. And his last touchdown and only touchdown that he has thrown 
was in 2018. Now, I have a feeling there are some aspects that the team likes about him. And it could be a culture fit. It could be him knowing the system. You know, maybe it's the way he works with Jared Goff and helping for game preparation. And those are some great aspects. But going into the season that you are expected to compete for the NFC North, you want to host a home playoff game, and you want to go for a ride in the playoffs, dare I say it. You know you need to have somebody in the backup position at the most important spot of the game. So where does this leave the Lions? Well, I expect the Lions are going to draft a quarterback. I've said that from the beginning, though. That main person, though, to be their backup, will that be someone they draft? Would you want a rookie to be your backup quarterback? I know there's rookies who start in the league every year, but is that what you want to have happen as your primary backup? Will this be an early round draft pick or a mid to late round draft pick? What is their exact plan? So many questions. The other one is, will they sign another veteran quarterback after the draft? You know, it was mentioned that some quarterbacks like to wait to see how the draft plays out so they know the exact quarterback room they're going to. I mean, look no further than Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh, right? He signed, got a shot at being the starting quarterback. Pittsburgh goes out. They draft a quarterback in the first round. So maybe some quarterbacks are waiting to see how everything's going to fall out before they go ahead and sign with the team. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe the Lions will sign a veteran after the draft. Maybe they'll trade for one. There are a lot of players out there that could be traded yet. We're not quite sure how that's going to go. I will say this. I hope the Lions are going into this season with a backup quarterback who has some NFL game experience. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go into that. They've got Nate Sudfeld. They have somebody there. You need at least three quarterbacks on your roster going into the preseason and training camp because you're going to be throwing the ball a lot. That's fine. And you know what? Maybe Nate Sudfeld will progress throughout this offseason in a way that he will fill that role and be sufficient. Just what I've seen so far, I would like to see them put a little bit more talent in that position. So let's go over to those catching the passes. We'll start with the tight end. This one, the Lions did not make an addition to. They did not make a change here. They did not lose somebody. And I've gone back and forth about improving the tight end position. After more time has passed, I still stand by what I said most recently, which is I do not believe the Lions are going to make a significant upgrade via free agency. And I think that plays right into why they let TJ Hawkinson go, right? They were going to have to pay a lot more right now and put more financial resources against the salary cap into that. So I don't see them grabbing somebody else below Hawkinson's level and paying him more than what they're currently paying Wright, Zylstra, and Mitchell. But as we get closer to the draft, more and more, I do think it's going to happen. And it really does make a lot of sense. Now, you need to add more talent at as many different positions on the team as possible. We're going to be looking at wide receiver in a minute. The wide receiver room is looking really good. The tight end room is looking decent, but there is room for improvement. And I don't think it's going to happen in the top 10 to 15, so slow your anger here, folks. But hear me out on this. Just because tight end has not worked out well in the recent past in Detroit, it does not mean we just ignore the position. What are we going to do? Are we going to go back to the run-and-shoot offense? Uh, That's not happening. Sure, Pettigrew, Ebron, and Hawkinson, they all came before, and things didn't go according to the exact plan we would have liked. 
but you can't rule out a future player based on previous individuals. Otherwise, we never would have had Calvin Johnson on our team. I mean, we drafted Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, and Mike Williams from 2003 to 2005. We took a wide receiver in the top 10 three years in a row. Then, just two years later, we took Megatron at number two overall. Thank you, Raiders, for that one. So, what I'm saying is, if there is a player you like, you don't avoid him solely based on how somebody else performed. Now, we went tight end in 2009, 2014, and 2019 in the first round. So, based on that spacing, the pattern would tell you, we wait till next year to go get the tight end in the first round. But, we traded away TJ Hawkinson, so that probably moved us up a year earlier, right? I am pretty sure the Lions are going to go and draft a tight end in the second round, maybe even late first round. This draft is supposed to be quite deep at tight end talent. And for that reason, it would make sense to get a high quality player in this draft at a spot where we do have room for upgrading. And we've talked about this team not taking steps backwards. And we said there's still some room for regression if the Lions didn't add to one of these positions. So I'm very confident that this position is going to figure itself out. So let's head over and wrap it up with the wide receiver position where the most movement has happened. And that's where Marvin Jones just might be saving the day. So DJ Shark is a guy Lions fans thought was as good as gone when the season ended. But then it looked like there was a good chance we're going to bring him back. Right? Well, those hopes were dashed when he ultimately chose to play for his third cat team in as many years. He has gone to the Carolina Panthers. Now, it would have been great for the Lions to get him back. We would have been excited. But he also is having another surgery here. And you know what? That means we have to move on. And yes, we have Amon Ross St. Brown. We have Jamison Williams, plus Craig Reynolds, plus Raymond, plus Cephas. That's some depth there. There's some quality in there, and there's some unknowns in there. We don't know if Cephas can stay healthy. We don't know what we're going to get out of him once he is healthy. Jamal's got high expectations. We're expecting things to be great, but he only has one NFL reception in his entire career. So we've talked about expectations, and this group could do well in their own right, but it wasn't complete. And many were looking at the Lions of drafting another wide receiver early. And I'm not seeing that as the case. And actually, I don't think that's the case. And I'm even more excited about our move because I think the Lions will still draft their wide receiver. I just think it's going to be a late draft pick. We'll find out here in a few weeks. More immediately, though, the big response for Detroit to replace Shark's spot on the roster was probably the best move they could have made. It's definitely the one I like the most. And that's bringing back Marvin Jones Jr. on a one-year deal. I love this move. He might not be the same player he was when he was here three or four years ago, but he provides the Lions with exactly what they need. Marvin Jones is now 33 years old. He provides a veteran presence, size, and ability on the outside and depth. When the Lions signed him in 2016 from the Bengals, we were looking for a complimentary wide receiver to Golden Tate, right? Someone who might be a number one or or a number two. Again, this was right after Calvin Johnson retired. And now we're looking for him not to be a one or a two, but probably to fill a three or a four spot, but with potential to maybe surprise us with even a little bit more. Now, remember, Marvin Jones Jr., before he came to Detroit, was in Cincinnati, pre-Joe Burrow years, but they had some success there. He played in Detroit, then he went to Jacksonville. 
So he's got some other experience to bring with him that could add to this Lions locker room. Now, I said he might surprise us. Think about this. In his final season with the Lions, which was in 2020, he had 76 receptions. And then in 2021, his first year in Jacksonville, he had 73 receptions. Those were both career highs. Now, last year, his number dipped to 46. And, well, not as good numbers. That type of production would not be the end of the world in Detroit. If you look at our receiving core from last year, Amon Ross St. Brown led all Lions receivers with 106 catches. After him, though, the number two receiver for the Lions was running back DeAndre Swift with 48, less than half. The next person was Khalif Raymond with 47. Those were your top three receivers for the Detroit Lions last year. Josh Reynolds and DJ Shark had 38 catches and 30 catches apiece. Now, both of them battled through injuries, but it shows you a couple things. The Detroit Lions relied very heavily on Amon Ross St. Brown without a constant number two threat going around the field. And the Lions, they do spread around the ball quite a bit. That's the other takeaway. You had five players with 30 or more catches. Plus, TJ Hawkinson had 26 catches in just his seven games played. So we're all expecting and hoping that Jamison Williams becomes that number two threat or the number one threat, whatever it is, right? Him and Amon Ross St. Brown. A good number two might haul in 70 catches for the season, about three to four catches a game. Now, if the Lions got that from Jamison Williams in what is a a pseudo-rookie year, really, that would open things up even more. Take some pressure, give some more space for Amon Ross St. Brown. And add in the fact that David Montgomery is a better receiving back than Jamal Williams, then... You throw in the chance that we draft a talented tight end. Yes, I know rookie seasons for tight ends are often developmental, but put all of this together, and this offense has the potential to be even better this upcoming season than last year. Now, it is an exciting time to be a Lions fan. We're going to keep our eyes open on any more free agent moves and trades in the next few weeks as we prepare a comprehensive recap of free agency and prepare for the NFL draft at the end of the month. Also, I do expect some moves to be made after the draft as well, some releases and or trades based on what teams get and or don't get in the NFL draft. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to Not The Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Also, follow the show on Twitter, at Matt Soltysiak. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends. (laughs) 